Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. So Julie, people come to us a lot for a lot of different things as a coach, but the biggest thing I've found is we are some of the only form of accountability that some of them have in their life. <laughs> is this true for you? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm like cackling because the image I have is like one of us popping from around a corner of someone's house or office being like, <laughs> hello. Hello. <laughs> so let's talk about the accountability of uh what clients expect when they come to coaching what it really is and how it shows up in our practice so all right a client comes to you what do they expect from you julie for accountability oh for accountability i you know i think that's an interesting question because i don't think they know what to expect for accountability, right? Because I think then you have to reset that expectation because once you explain what coaching is and that it's not going to be me telling them what to do, right? Or like pontificating or advice, I think then you have to like reset and reshape like, okay, but we are, we have to move the action forward and the action comes from you. What have you, what have you seen in that space? Yeah. I think it's when we start with setting that agenda, like we go, topic, significance, and then what do you want to get out of this? Or what do you want to take away from it? And having them come up with that, like, they're like, well, you might give me some advice or you might, I was like, well, I'm not like someone, someone actually said, well, you'll let me know if like I'm way off base or uh, wacky on this. And I said, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. So what do you, it's shifting the onus and ownership to the client right away in past exploration session, but every session is reminding them that they assign their own homework. Cause I think they think professor Laura is here and I'm like, no, no, I have a different hat on. It's a coach. Yeah. I also think too, it's interesting around the agenda setting piece and then thinking to the end of a session with accountability and, and this notion of homework is that very rarely in my experience so far has the outcomes that someone wants been so specific to actually be the homework that ends up coming out at the end of the session. Does that make sense? What I'm trying to say, right? I've had one to two clients. It's like, I want three strategies for this. Okay, great. That's very tangible. Most clients are in a situation where it's like, I'd like to get some clarity, right? Or I'd like to, I'd like to have a strategy or something like that. So it's a little wider so that it really is driving them to that narrowing point by the end. So the point three of this, I'll give you some of my questions that I asked Julie. And so our listeners know, I say, by the end of our time today, what would you like to have us achieve? Or what would you want to discover in this session that would be useful for you? Mm. Those are my key questions. The other one I had was how could we quantify this or make this measurable? Mm. But then they're like, I need three things is, is you're right. You're right. So one of them was like, I'm on an elevator pitch. I went, great. We'll get to that eventually. Yeah. So, um, or I don't know, like what, like there's been some other ones, like I need methods for (laughs) managing up or (laughs) leading up in a different way. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's real. I also think too, that um, some of my clients within the workspace, I think what they identify at the beginning might be too big. Right. Um, And by that, I mean, working with folks who are doing program design or project development or things like that. And so the 
accountability pieces at the end are related to that. But as we've talked through the session and we're identifying some blockers, we're identifying some places where they need to spend some time, that accountability ends up being like steps along the way. Like we're not solving the program development question, right? And so I think making space with a client to have the small impact the big, if you will. I don't, I don't know if that. Yeah. These are like the small steps. Like I think it's the idea of um, we've got big lofty goals. Like what do I do with my life? (laughs) And then, but there's lots of in-between work that we got to get through and in and dig into. And I think those are kind of what you're talking about. Like, well, you might go, you said this in the agenda. Is this still true? Are we taking a new direction? This seems significant for you Mm -hmm. uh, is what I noticed with some of my executive clients but I will say accountability looks different between someone that co- reaches to me for career stuff versus leadership stuff. Oh, for sure. Tell me more. Yeah. So I noticed that, and maybe this is the nature of our, our business and our leaders, that they want action on things right away and they want some resources. So like, I do ask, like, what can I help you with in between now and the next time we work? And they say, I actually need an article, a podcast or whatever, a book. And they, they actually, that, that's the homework. They want homework. And I say, well, what would you like? And then, so they identify, like, I'd love to read a book. I'd love to read an article, like just short articles is what I can get through. And they treat it as homework which is different than my other clients who ask for that. But I, I really say, what are you going to do next? Instead of yeah. me assigning a reading or something. Yeah, no, I hear that. I especially think because some of the executives that I'm working with are new to the company. Yeah. And so it feels like it is part of my my role in that space to be like, oh, here's a resource because you're also new to the company. What I find with the executive clients is that there is pressure on their decision-making from day one right? Because they are in high profile roles. And so I do view part of my role to be like, hey, have you heard about this resource? Right? A great example from this week, uh, a new executive was talking about really wanting to make sure there was a baseline for operational excellence among his team. And I was like, hey, do you know that this here's some courses that exist. I'm not going to tell him how to integrate that. I'm not going to tell him what to do with his team. But like, you need to know that this resource is available. And I do think that is different for the leadership executive space than it is for, you know, other clients. Yeah. It's also being direct with them in some ways. We talked about this and we talked about coaching executives is they need to know what it is now and it's helping them wayfind through the clutter and targeting things they want to work on. Like they've an executive mind's like, I'm doing more PR kind of things. Like I have to do interviews and public speaking that's next week. So I need the thing now so I can go and implement and practice. For clients, though, that are probably in the more career or external, like there's no pressure on their leadership that are, that are developing slowly, which I love, and it's needed, in, in especially in career and transition, they often look to me to say, you've got this idea. And I was, I was like, and I always flip it to remind them, like, what do you want to work on? And ask them, like, what's going to be most uh, useful? Or I ask, like, what changes are you making from what you've learned today? to see what they're going to do next. Yeah. What do you do when um, at the end of a session and you're talking about, you know, accountability and and what's happening and a client asks for no follow-up? That's a great question. I had it once or twice. And so I was going to say, I don't have it a whole lot, but I was like, do you need anything for me? And they say, no, I've got a system or a mech of it. I actually think sometimes they, they might have a better system of that, or they might rely on like a mentor or career sponsor or, they might have something else that they can check in on. I was like, great. 
because that's not a bad thing. I think it's reminding me that coaching is getting us to getting our clients off into the world so they can like fly. Like I'd love for them not to have to come back to me because they've Mm -hmm. developed these skills. They've honed whatever craft and they've worked on themselves enough to say, oh, I've got these coping strategies and methods and things that I've implemented. Not Laura, the coach has told me to do. What do you do? I, I think really similar. Like, obviously I'm not going to force them and be like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. That's not what we do. But I do think it leads for an interesting discussion. The following session, if, if the actions weren't taken, right? So, yeah. and, and the question is never, well, shouldn't I have been there to help you? Cause that's not productive. Like the question is what, what would have, what would have allowed you to make action, you know, move forward. And, and I think having that conversation with them too. Yeah, I think the what what was holding you back or what prevented you from doing that and learning about the that is actually more important than the homework or the assignment or the whatever they were going to do. It's what prevented them from moving forward on something. I think that's the bigger piece of coaching that people forget. Like the accountability is like, oh, I didn't do my homework, so I'm not going to show up to a class or a coaching session or whatever. It's there's something else internally that's driving that it's an emotional barrier or it's a something else from their past that they don't want to excavate. One of my clients used a really good metaphor recently, which was like picking up pieces of myself professionally, dusting it off, looking at it. And like, that's hard work and going, is this a value? Do I want to bring this forward? How is this going to be used now? And that's some hard work and it Mm -hmm. takes more time, I think. It does. It does. And I will say with folks that I'm working with internally to our work, I I don't know that they feel like they have the time to do some of that work. Yeah, they do, but they don't take it. I actually have a client internally that said, I put four hours every Friday for this, my own development and career growth. And I go, what happens with that time? They let people book meetings or they show up to other things. And it's, and it, part of that in more interesting conversation is, oh, you have to let go of the leader you were to grow into what the leader you want to be. And it's, those are the most interesting pieces. And it's, it's helpful when people, I think their accountability on themselves, when it drops asking like, how did that feel? What did you learn from that? And like, those are just more interesting conversations to have around self-accountability. Mm-hmm. I think people listen to our podcast and think we're like, whipping people and like we're the badass coaches. I, I will say we are both blunt and direct, yes. but in our coaching, I think, and this is something actually I was going to bring up to you. I had an exploration session and someone based on the session knew me, had heard me and then met me and was like, I don't know if I need someone who's just as direct as you. And I didn't take it personally. I was like, huh. And then, and then he reflected and said, or maybe I do because it's not and other things haven't been working. I went, cool. You go, everyone goes their own path and with their own right. people. And it's just fascinating to me. And I was like, huh. But then I, I remembered Molly in my head, like, I don't want that client then if they don't right. want to, if well, they don't want to get into it. And readiness is huge, right? Like I, I, I think of many moments in my life where I've been like, oh, I don't want that. And how much of that was actually a reflection of me not being ready or not being willing to do the work, yeah. whatever the situation was you know, and I think that is, is real. And, you know, who knows, that might not be the story of that individual, 
don't want to write it. I write stories all the time about people, but I try to. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I also think it's interesting uh, when you're with clients and, you know, you come back to that next session and they're like, I didn't do it. And they feel really bad, you know? And I think this idea of normalizing that it is their experience, right? And we were talking to, I had a client that we had a great action plan. And then they came back the next time. They were like, I got nervous and I couldn't do it. That's like, that's okay. Like we can, let's talk about it, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and spending some time in that space. But, um, I, it brought that to mind when your point about, you know, what people might think based on listening to us, how we show up in a session. And I also think I worry that people that think that coaching is ticking a box. Like I need to go down this checklist of I did this. And some of it has relational things to, for us, if it's employment or changing careers. Yeah. There's things you can check off. But everyone's pathway, like you said, is so unique and it's what's worked for me personally, Laura, is going to work different for Julie personally. And um, same with my clients. Like I don't, someone said to me, like, what outcomes come from your clients? And I said, well, there's things they actually know that I could say, but there's also things that are not visible, like their confidence in how they show up at a board meeting, their ability to know that their skills are good enough and they can learn if they have to at a weird new space. Like that's not going to be like, they made $20,000 more or they shifted to this industry. I can give people those stats, but I was like, it's not about checking a box and getting you to like the same salary or the same industry roles as everyone else. It's you finding your way mm-hmm. and accountability is a piece of it because those lessons in coaching, I think you take more outside and go, oh, I have shame in not doing the work. Or I'm vulnerable in saying, I didn't do this because I was afraid or nervous or something like that. Yeah. Julie, I'm glad you're my accountability partner for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm the one that rolls on that's like, uh, did we have homework? <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's the idea is like, I think things that I think of with a coach like you and I is like, you could show up and be like, it doesn't matter. You just need to yeah. show up and continue to do the work in some way. Well, I was going to say like, do you have like things that you trend towards, but like, that's not really coaching, you know, certain accountability things that you like trend toward or. So I, I do have a couple, whenever I hear a client say, I don't know with a question or thing, I don't tell them to do anything with it. I just say, these are a couple of the questions you're stuck on. So I have been in a follow-up. So I follow up with email with my clients. Um, I give them those questions. I was like, these are ones that made you pause. You said, I don't know. Or you said you, you want to think about more. They don't have to do anything with it, but they have it in their email if they want to go back. And so an example, I think I do that on the regular with most of my clients. So I do a follow-up and people have said, I've gone back to read that. Or if I've gone back to listen to, um, which the, the accountability of listening, not all my clients listen to my, the, the, the sessions, but they get the audio and those that do like take notes. And like, I, I do have note, I've noticed that people that do some of the work that we've talked about in the session outside tend to like deepen their thinking about where they're at at that moment. I will say some of them also like bring that, like I just listened to us like a couple of days ago and we're going back in session. They continue on, like there's continuity that the coach will provide, but they do it as a client. And I think that onus and action item, like it's just a bonus to listen. Like I know it's excruciating to listen to yourself, but when you hear your own intonation and your pause and your stutter or your verbal tics, you realize, 
oh, that means something to me, or I need to think deeper on it. And maybe my coach, Laura, or coach Julie didn't even pick up on it, but I know me well enough. This is awkward and excruciating, but that's where the real work happens, I think. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. What do you, are you thinking about accountability in a different way now, or do you want to try something new with accountability with your clients? You know, we were talking kind of before we started recording, and I, I do think, you know, I am particularly with some of the executive folks who tend to stay in the big idea space. I do find that I I drive a little harder, not in the suggestion space, but like really, really breaking it down into some of those smaller actionable pieces, you know, because sometimes the ideas are, I want to work on my org design, you know, like that's your, that's your accountability, that's their action item. And I'm like, that's great. And what is that? Like, you know, really digging in. And I, and I think in some spaces when some of these folks are asked to constantly think at big levels or develop big organizational goals, that is their normal language. That is the language and and like the, the level at which they operate. And so using coaching as a time to really focus and break down, like, what are those small steps? Like, what does that action item look like? What would you like to accomplish before we meet again related to some of that? Right. And that helps point them out. Like we know, you and I know we have a toolkit that does break down an analysis and what does the business need? And so like, I think it's, it's recognizing like where they're at, which is good. You're doing that. You're recognizing where they're at. And going, let's peel into that. There's there's other layers and there's other things within OD and org design that we should tackle. I like that. Accountability. Do you have any like other systems or ideas or approaches that you want to try that maybe we haven't thought about because I haven't been in a class for a while? Nothing has, nothing has come up lately that was kind of anything different. I do, and, uh, you know, maybe this could be more intentional, is I don't know kind of the stats on who's listening to recordings, right? Like, I also kind of give folks their recordings, and and I haven't ever asked, did you listen and reflect? And and maybe, maybe that's worth an ask every now and then. I kind of just let them, like, do what they'd like to with, with that. Yeah. I don't think it's a big percentage of my clients. I know there's like, there's definitely two current ones that do that. And I just wonder of the, like the value. Um, I personally, and this is, and this is my bias. I think I've, when I do this conference, have these conversations with you, collect the show notes, do some editing, I learn so much. And so my bias for learning is an audio conversation and processing and, and having the amazing people on this season has been so helpful um, to kind of think about practice and process and questions and ideas. So not everyone's there and that's not how everyone learns. So I think accountabilities in different ways. Um, we have other coaches that use systems like a notion or the coaching.com where clients can go in, see their notes and that. So I think how you set up accountability could be in how you communicate with your clients, how you share recordings or not, uh, what they expect from you in the in-between. So like I've had a couple of clients ask me to text them to remind them something while they're walking or nudge them by an email or cheer them on before something that's coming up, a big interview, uh, a carefrontation with a boss. So like, I think accountability can come in different ways. And I think I always remind myself to ask the client, what would be most helpful for you? And mm-hmm. in that first session, like um, I give them some examples and cause they don't really know. And I was like, think I'm on it even past session two, when we get there, what have you thought about what's going to be, what's uh, resources or how do you need to be between the sessions, I think is what I ask. 
Um, you know, speaking of accountability, something that's kind of funny. One thing that was really hard for me to get used to and uh, when emailing a client. So when a client's like, hey, can you check in in a week or kind of mm-hmm, whatever that looks like? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a conversational person. I like a I like a good, like real check-in. And it was it was hard the first couple of times to not want to write like a really long email about like life and like all of these things and to tell myself that really the point of this email is like, Hi, Laura, I'm writing to check in as we talked about, like, did you do the thing or like, how'd the thing go, you know, or like, what was it like in that meeting today? And like, full stop, that's it, you know, like, and, and not be like, how'd you feel? Like, what did you do the power pot? Like, blah, 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 you know, like, it, that was an adjustment for me to be like, it is a little more, I don't think formal, but like, it is, you know, within a container of sorts, in a way that's new for me. Yeah, I, I think you get a little bit more used to it. And I do that with, I even do that with former clients just to say, hi, here's a note. Something else I will say as you've made a comment. So I've taken people's mantra quotes, whatever, and you know, I like to doodle. So I will send them a card or a postcard with their whatever we've talked about to remind them, like, you said this, this isn't me. So, um, and they're like, oh, and so I've learned that they've then posted their own accountability. They've posted to their Instagram or their LinkedIn or whatever and said, my coach reminded me this thing. And I was like, great. So yeah, that's them. I guess get, I think it's like running on a treadmill at a gym, their external pressure of people watch them do the thing means they're also being accountable. They're creating their own kind of accountability loop is kind of interesting to see that. Yeah. Well, Julie, I I'm thinking about accountability in so many ways. Uh, it's going to show up for everyone different is what I'm learning. Oh, for sure. Right. For sure. And I think not to, you know, we can drop a nugget as we wrap this up, but like a great follow-up topic to this is that separating your success as a coach from someone's accountability success. Those two, I don't think are aligned completely. No. And the outcomes of your clients don't determine you as a coach at all. I think that's something I've said to a lot of people. I said, and I've said to clients, I was like, you put in what you want and your output's up to you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to be alongside this journey. So it's always helpful to know that. Mm-hmm. Well, until next time. We're coaching through it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.